Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to gather like this. Um, hearing your word is what feeds us. Hearing your word is what nourishes us. And we're about to be instructed again today. Pray for the speaker that through this person, your spirit will move, your word will be confirmed, and we will be equipped. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Um, thank you. Um, so this past few weeks, we've been learning on the theology of money. The theology of money, we learned that we should be responsible with our money. We should pay our taxes, give to the ministry of Jesus, which is basically the church, and we should give to the poor and the needy, and we should also be good financial stewards. But today, I'm going to continue from that flow of thought, but I'm here to answer the question, why? Why does God care about my money? Why are we learning about God's viewpoints on money? And I would say that the answer to that question is purpose. According to Miles Monroe, when you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. So to understand your purpose on earth is to know why God cares about your money, how you spend your money, who you give it to, and your, also your viewpoint on money. So we're going to read um, from Psalm 100 verse 3. Anyone there can read, please. I would like you guys to engage and just engage as much as you can. I really appreciate it. So can someone read Psalm 100 verse 3, please? Or anyone can also paste it in the chat. I'm waiting. Nobody Psalm 100 verse 3. Yes. Hold on, please. I'm trying to get there. Thank you. Okay. Psalm 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Thank you very much, Vicky. So from this Bible verse, we can infer that the purpose of our lives is to be consecrated to God. Purpose of our lives is to do everything God says to do. Purpose of our lives is to be devoted to God, is to live for him. Because if he's the one that made us and not we ourselves, then God is the one that has the say. So we can say that the purpose of our lives is to live a life of consecration to God. So our money is important to God because we belong to God. And if money is important to God, to us rather, then it's definitely important to God because we belong to God. So you have to see how that connects. So, and I would like to say that money is much more than, because as Christians, sometimes we think that money is tithes and offering, which is good and it's obviously not bad, but it's also more than that. Permit me to say that money can also be a master that can be served. And this is not just me saying it. This is from Matthew 6, 24, which says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. So you cannot serve God and mammon. So basically, Jesus compared money as a master in opposition to God. 
Jesus was basically saying that you cannot give your allegiance to him and money at the same time. It's basically like water and oil. They cannot just mix together. You can't say God is your master and money is your master. It, it, it might look like it makes sense because, but it wouldn't just work. It cannot be, God cannot be your master and money cannot be your master at the same time because one will drive you to, towards God and one will drive you towards the world. So both of them cannot be your master at the same time. So let me give a practical example, right? So um, maybe Vicky now, Vicky is a tech babe, as we all know. And like, she loves Korea so much. She gets a job in Korea, a very good job. She gets to meet all her um, Korea, all her, um stars in her career. Yeah. <laughs> and they pay her so much money. They pay her so much money. <laughs> Amen for you, Vicky. Maybe it's prophecy. Receive it. <laughs> they pay her so much money. Amen, I receive. They pay her so much <laughs> Is it amen for me? They pay her so much money, a lot of money. But in as much as it's her dream job, as you see, like Vicky loves Korean and everything. It's it's very it's tedious in the sense that she doesn't have time to pray, she doesn't have time for God. She's just always busy, but it has a lot of money. It's her dream job. And another job is in Nigeria. <laughs> the other job is in Nigeria where she doesn't get a lot of money, but that's where God will have her be. And also she has time for God. She has time for fellowship with the believers and everything God will have her do is just in alignment with that job. So if Vicky picks the job in Korea, then money is her master in that sense. It's because of how much money she can get that she decides to pick that job, irrespective of knowing that God wants us to fellowship with believers. God wants us to be close to him. She still picks that job because she knows that it gives her more money. If she forfeits the one in Nigeria, then we can infer that money is her master. So you can see how money can be your driving force. It can be the one in your drive. It can be the driver in your driver's seat of your life. But when God is the one driving you, and you know that you want to have time for God, you want to have time to study your Bible and do the things God will have you do, then even without praying so much, you know that you have to pick the one in Nigeria because you know that this is what God will have you do. Because sometimes we deceive ourselves. We fast and pray when the answer is quite clear. So that's just a practical example of how Jesus and money cannot be your master at the same time. but. That being said, I'm not going to deny that life is a hassle. We have bills to pay. Most of us are adults. We have school. And life is just life in. Like, life is just life in. So the question is that, how can we live in such a way that Jesus is our master and not money in this hustle culture? So I think the best way to answer that question is seen in this Bible verse, Romans 12, 1. I don't know if anyone can read it. So just I'm trying to engage as much as possible. Excuse me. You can put it in the chat. Romans 12. One. Okay. Romans 12. Yes. Thank you. I'm there. Bye -bye. Okay. Well, you can read it. Okay. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Thank you so much, Simi. I appreciate that. 
Um, so let's break this Bible verse down. I said that I believe that this is the answer to how Jesus can be the master of our lives and our money in this hustle culture. So that means this Bible verse is really important. So let's break it down. So Paul says, Paul is the um, author of this book and he was the one speaking in this sense. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. So one thing about sacrifice is that sacrifices are always dead. They're dead. So um, I know, okay, I'm trying to look at the audience here. Okay, most of us are Nigerians, apart from Gracelyn, that's my friend. Thank you for coming, Gracelyn. <laughs> Um, she's from Singapore, but most of us are Nigerian. And but I think we can all relate to Muslims having their salah. And one thing about Muslim salah is that they usually kill like rams or cows or animals and they cut it, they kill it and do a lot of things. And if you have ever seen a video or watched them kill the cows and everything, you're seeing an animal that has no will, animal that has no say, you're seeing blood just. They tie the animal, they put fire on it and just burn it and they cut it up and eat it. So in that sense, that's like what a sacrifice looks like. The sacrifice, sacrifices are usually dead. And also, if you remember the Old Testament, how the Jews used to offer up sacrifices to God. They used to bring lambs, they put them on the altar, they slaughtered them. And they're usually dead. But Paul is telling us that we should present our bodies as living sacrifice to God. So what Paul is trying to say is that though we're alive, but to live as though we are dead unto God. And one thing about dead people is that their nerves no longer work. So imagine a dead person on the floor and you raise the arm of the dead person. You raise the leg of the dead person. The nervous system is not going to respond to that impulse, number one. Number two, the dead person cannot say, I don't want my arm to be raised up. The, the arm has no choice but to respond. So this is what um, Paul is trying to explain or infer when he says, present your body as a living sacrifice unto God in the sense that you're offering your life to God. So when God says, do this, you do this. When God says, go, you go. When God says, sit, you sit. And I'm not saying it as just a wicked master. We know that God is our father and our Lord, but he's also God. So when we're presenting our, ourselves as our bodies as a living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice to God, we're presenting our life to God, our bodies, everything we do, everything we have is being offered to God as a sacrifice. So this is what Paul um, is saying when he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. You're living as though you're dead. And still back to consecration, it is total dependence on God. So he's telling you to live a life of consecration to God, which is a total dependence on God. Because if you're dead, you really have no say. So you're depending on whoever is watching over you. So um, I'm going to read Galatians 2.20, which says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is Paul again telling us, telling that we have been crucified because we are dead. Jesus is just the one living. Our bodies are just vessels for God. So I would say that the only difference between you and a dead person is that you must, you, you have to choose to be dead to be able to live as a living sacrifice unto God. You're the one that is going to decide to be dead for God.
every part of us, including our money, including our wills and ambitions, should be offered up to the Lord as a sacrifice. Amen. So let's go to the other part of the verse. We're still, we're still breaking down Romans 12, right? This is the way we can live. We can have Jesus as our master, not money. So stay with me. Um, holy and acceptable to God. So to be holy means to be um, set apart. And Paul is still alluding to the idea of a sacrifice here. Because when you're presenting a sacrifice, just think of the Old Testament again. When you're presenting something to God, you're not just presenting just the head of the lamb to God. It's the entire lamb that you're giving to God. So you're setting that particular lamb apart for God, for God. You're setting it apart for him. It's a sacrifice to God. So if you're presenting your body and your life to God, you're not just giving him Oh, I can give God my time. But when it comes to my money, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to give it to God. That's not, that's not, that's not setting yourself apart for God. That's not giving you God your everything. And we have to understand that the God we serve is a jealous God. He alone deserves to be worshipped and God does not share his glory with another. I got that idea from Isaiah 42. It's because God said this to himself. He said, okay, can someone actually read it? I feel like I've read too many Bible verses. Just to show me that you guys are here and listening. Pearl, if you can, I don't know if you're outside. Can you please read Isaiah 42, Isaiah 42, 8? Okay, I'm reading from NLT. That's fine. Okay. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. Okay, thank you so much. So, God says he will not share his glory with anyone else, nor share, nor give his glory to graven images or carved idols. And we can say that idols or graven images are just things that we um, bow down to and things like that. But we see in Ezekiel 14, 3, it says, son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. If idols are just images that we bow down to, then God cannot say that they've set up idols in their hearts. So this shows that we can have idols in our hearts, something that, something that we're worshipping instead of God. And if our God is a jealous God and he alone deserves to be worshipped, and he said he will not share his praise and his glory with any other thing, then it's something that we have to consciously think about as Christians. Because if what drives your life, your will and ambition is money, then that's an idol in your heart. So yeah, we're still going, but, but this is the last part of Romans 12, 1, which is our reasonable service. So in the previous chapter, Paul was basically telling the Gentiles that it was by God's grace and mercy that they had become part of the family of Christ. And we see that from then, he now said that their response ought to be of consecration because verse Romans 12 verse 1 starts with therefore. So if you go to the previous chapter, after he said all he said, he was basically saying that their response to God's grace has to be one of consecration. That's why they should present themselves as themselves as living sacrifices. So Paul was essentially saying that having the knowledge that we are from God, we belong to God, and Christ has done everything for us. He has given us himself. We should be able to present our lives unto God. So these are ways we can 
Jesus can be our master by, in some way, by consecrating ourselves to God, giving our all to God. Let Jesus be the driver of your life, your money and your decisions. You have your salary. Your 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 spending is based on the worldview of the Bible, based on the worldview of Christianity, not just what the world says you should spend your money on. So this is the way Jesus can be the master of our lives. This is the way Jesus can drive us when we give our lives to God and when we set ourselves apart for his glory. And, okay, so now you might say that I've heard what it means to present myself as a living sacrifice, but like, how can I do it practically? Like any practical steps? Because personally that helps me. Yes, I should present myself as a living sacrifice. I should give myself, set myself up, but like any practical steps. So I'm here for you guys. (laughs) so one way we can do this is to renew our mind with the word of God so because this world that we live in the standards in the world and the standard in the word of God that totally opposite like they don't even match they don't match at all so you can't say you claim to be a Christian and your and the world is your worldview or you're following things of the world in that sense it doesn't just gel because what god is telling you god is telling you to do some things that the world might see as foolish so we always have to go to the bible and i know p alluded to this a lot in his previous teachings we have to go to the bible what is god's theology and money what is god saying that we should do with money so God, the word of God should be our guidebook on everything, our guidebook. A guidebook is like a manual that literally tells you what to do at every step. And that's what the Bible should be. So we'll follow what the word of God says about money and not what the world says about money. So I would like to say that irrespective of our opinions and what we think we should do, the right thing to do is to follow the biblical idea on money. So, as I said before, P has done a good job on telling us how to spend our money, what we should do with money. But today I'm going to be focusing on generosity. So our lives belong to God. God wants us. God cares about our money because we belong to God. And we know P has given us like different things, paying our taxes, we should be responsible citizens care for our family and everything. But I'm going to be focusing on giving, generosity as Christians. So I know that some people are naturally generous. Like I can say that for P. P just likes to give P as I one million. He will just share it to everybody. <laughs> He's a very generous person. And some people, it's just natural for them. And right, some people, I know they train themselves, well, but some people it's natural for them. But I can't, light that that's natural for everyone so you might say that why should i give my money to help people when i myself have unmet needs i would say that a life of consecration is an invitation to be like your father in heaven is to reflect christ who lives in us so god has been generous with himself towards us who believe in jesus He has given us his best in Christ Jesus. And not just that, he decided to share his authority, his power, and his love with us. So God is a generous God. You see that? That's that's the entire part of the Bible. That's what the Bible teaches, how God gave. Literally, God gave us Jesus. 
So that's being generous. So the God that we serve is a generous God. So when God says we should be generous, he's calling us to be like him in generosity. So a call to generosity, generosity rather, is to be like your father in heaven, who is the father to the fatherless, husband to the widows, and shield to those who need shelter. Can someone read Psalm 68 verse 5, please? Um, Goodness, you have not spoken. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you read Psalm 68 verse 5? Thank you. I don't know if you're able to read, but if you're not, it's fine. Just tell me. Okay. Can you help me read? Please? Yeah. Psalm 68 verse 5. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. Amen. So this is the God that was uh, the God that gives, and God is just calling us to be like Him when He's telling us to be generous. So it's not like He knows you have unmet needs. God knows, but He's still calling us to be generous. So practical ways we can be generous in our lives. Um, number one, by giving your um tithes and offering. So. Luke 8, 1 to 3. Let me read from verse 2. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Mandeline, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. So the king of kings, the Lord of lords, <laughs> God in flesh was provided for. How much more your church? And I know that this is like a big thing in Christian dorm where people are like, oh, should we pay our tithe? Is there an ordinance? But like Jesus, and they, they say, Jesus had the ability to turn, to get money from it, the mouth of a fish. But people still provided for him. So um, look eight. Um, two to three, see me. Look eight. Sorry, I don't know if I said look one, but I meant look eight, two to three. The work of Jesus was provided for. It was not magic. It was not magic. So if you're in a church, if you're in a church, and that's where you you're you're being fed from, it's 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 responsible of you to give your titan offering to that church. And as mature believers, it's not something that we're meant to go back and forth. Oh, should we, should we not? What I is, I'm not even here to tell you anything about the percentage or anything, but we should be able to give to the work of God. The chairs that you sit down on, it's not free. The, the place that you're worshiping in, they pay for it. No disputing some church leaders have done things or whatever, but as believers, as I said before, our focus should be what God says and not what, irrespective of how many mistakes we have seen from people. We have to learn to look to the world to guide us. We're not learning from the experience of people. But if we're meant to give to the work of the Lord, then we should. So God is God calling us to be generous to our local church. Give God your best. Give God your best. Because I'm going to give a practical example when I say give God your best. So if you're, for example, you're earning like one millionaire, or let's say you start earning, maybe you started with like 100K back in the day when you were hustling, and you used to give your offering, maybe you used to give like 1K, however, irrespective of you. And now you're earning one million. You're not supposed to still be giving that 1K. 
give God your best because he gave you his best. Give to the work of the Lord. Give God your best. Grow as God has grown you. So that's number one. Your Titan often be generous to the work of the Lord. Do not hold back. God has given us his best. If we should be stingy to anybody, not, not God and his work. Give to people that are pursuing the work of God. Give to people that are doing God's work, organization, your church, however, but give. So I'm going to move to the next point. It matters with what motive you give. The reason I would say this is important is because God is a God that checks the hearts more than your actions. So yes, you can give a lot of money, but remember where we started from regarding consecration. Our lives belong to God. So if you're giving just to show off, if you're giving to be seen or be known, then I don't think you should be given. Sometimes God can stay in your heart to give, or you're just following practical instructions from the Bible. But you should always check your motive when you're giving to anything that has to do with God. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13.3. Anybody, please, can read that. Anybody there? I'm going to read for like a minute. 1 Corinthians 13.3. Thank you, Pearl. Appreciate it. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Thank you so much, Pearl. So Paul, is he was saying that if we give everything to the poor, we sacrifice our body and but even we could boast about it. But if it's not done from a place of love, you have gained nothing. So this shows us that our motive is very important. And more than what we're doing, how we're doing it, and for more heart are you doing. So it's something I think that we should all, like when we're doing things for God in regards money, something that we should be very conscious of. Don't, don't, how do they say that thing? Don't do something with your right hand and don't let your left hand, I can't remember how it's phrased. <laughs> I didn't say that well, but basic thing is that when you're doing something, don't try to just put it out there just for people have different motives and no, I'm no judgment here and everything, but just check your heart with God and ensure that your motive is right. So the um, third point I would say is we're supposed to supply the needs of people. God is calling us to give to the needy. God is calling us to give to our families. If you're making money, be generous to your family, be generous to your friends. And I know sometimes some of us are just generous to families. Obviously, being generous to families is like definitely compulsory because if you, excuse me, if you have parents that no longer, even if they are working, give to your mother, give to your brother, give to your siblings, give to the um, needy on the streets or however you want to give them give to people that need give to people that need and also we should give to our friends and give to give to your friends give to your friends i think it's it's a habit that people sh- we should think about your friends and your family and your loved ones give to people it's something that should be a habit give to your friends your family the lo- your loved ones and the poor 
So, but um, there's something I want to emphasize on the giving to the needs of people here. God is calling us to be intentional about giving to the body of Christ. Um, I got this point from Galatians 6.10, which says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This is in the Bible. So as Christians, you must understand that we are a body. And if you understand the body system, everybody's system is interconnected. God has put um, made us in such a way that we are to depend on each other. So if your brother, your sister in Christ doesn't have, they should have priority in your lives because that is your body. It is like as though you're not giving to yourself, if I permit me to say. So be very intentional about giving to the body of Christ. Be very intentional about giving to your brothers and your sisters. So be generous to the point needy, which I already said that, which is um, our fourth point. As I said before, God is the father to the fatherless. And if God is their father, then it matters how you give to them. It really matters. And God sees that. It really matters to God. God sees that. God wants us to give to people that don't have. Because when God gives you, it's not just for you. He'll give you money, but he's not giving you money to fulfill your loss or just meet only your needs. I feel like sometimes we feel like it's just when we fulfill our loss that we have done the wrong thing. But if we meet just our needs, I don't think I don't think God is giving you so much money to just meet your needs. He's giving you money to meet the needs of others too. God will not just give you for you gives you it's like a river you have to flow whatever god gives you has to flow out of you it's not just for you to just pour inside of you so um almost there are you guys with me (laughs) yeah yes yes i appreciate that so what to know about being generous um as i said before people that are not naturally generous this will not be easy. Like, okay, God is calling me to give, but um, I have unmet needs. I'm really broke. Life is hard for me. But we have the help of the Spirit. The help of the Spirit is not just when you need to pray, when you need to fast, when you need to... Um, yes, thank you, Daphne. We're channels of blessing. Conduits. Thank you so much for that. That's really good. Yeah, um, what was I saying? Yes, we have the help of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is not in us just to, for things that we that we think are big, like, okay, overcoming sin. No, we have the Spirit of God for everything that the Bible has told us to do. So if you know that giving is not something that is easy for you, being generous is not something that is easy for you, you have the help of the Spirit. Talk to God about it. Speak to Him. God, I want to be more generous. I'm, and sometimes... Being we're not generous because we have this fear in us that we don't have enough. But go to God, tell Him. He knows you have unmet sins, but He still says to be generous. Like the um widow that the widow that gave her last night or something like that. She she went, Jesus was watching her, and Jesus did not complained that she gave. So it shows that Jesus does not have a problem with us giving, even when we don't have enough. Instead, Jesus even commended her. 
And in the world we are today, people will say that if you don't have, you should not give. That's not what God wants from us. So go to God, be vulnerable. God, I don't have enough. I'm still trusting you, but teach me to be generous. Teach me to be like you. You gave me your own. I also want to learn to give like you. So the second point I'm going to make on what to know about being generous, you can make it into a duty to turn to a delight. Um, Colossians 3, 1 to 3 says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not things that are on earth. But to set our minds on things that are above, things that God wants us to do. So it means that we can set your affections. It might not be easy for you, but you can be practical about it. Okay, God is calling me to be generous. I didn't used to give before. I'm making like 10K. I want to start, even if it's, it might sound ridiculous, but at least start. I want to give 50 naira. I want to give like 100 naira to this charity organization every month. I want to start giving to my church. What percentage? Be, be practical about it and God will help you. But you have to start. You have to set that affection because God wants, we have to understand that it's all, yes, we have been saved. We have the spirit of God in us, but we also have to still do the work. Spirit of God, it helps us, but we have to set our affections. Paul will not say that if our affections were automatically set, we have to set our affections. And generosity is part of an affection that has to be set so be practical how can i give to my church how can i give to the needy how can i give to my family like for me personally when i i didn't used to so like i didn't really i didn't used to give to like my mom before because my brother used to give to her and i just felt like whenever she needs money she asks mom. but like i heard a sermon that actually um, stirred my heart and I felt very convicted. I should be giving to our farms. I'm like, wow. And it's not like I'm, I was making a lot at that time. I, I had to put it, put it in my budget because if I did not do that, I wouldn't have been able to be consistent about that, with that. So be practical. Okay, I want to give to this charity organization that um, helps with the gospel. I want to give to my family. What percentage, what amount? Include it in your budget. That is how to set your affections. And the Spirit of God will always help us. And trust me, there's always provision to be generous. So the last thing I'm going to say is that generosity matters to God. Giving and generosity in the New Testament is sacrificial. So 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 5, we see Paul was talking about the church um, in Macedonia. And he was essentially saying that these people, they gave from their deep poverty with joy. They didn't just give. They gave with, from their deep poverty with joy. The church in Philippi could give from their lack because they were living consecrated lives to God. Their joy was from God. They knew that God provided all their needs. They knew that everything they needed came from God. This is why they, they did not even hoard their last need. This is why when people needed, they gave. And the Corinthian church, they had, but they did not give. Why? Because the, 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 they are not allowed, I would say that they are not allowed the, the gospel to really transform their lives. The Philippian church understood something that the Corinthian church did not understand. Their source was from God. Their joy was from God. Everything they needed was from God. So they gave from, that's why they could give from their deep poverty. 
So that changes our mindset with generosity. You're not just giving because you give, you, you because you have, you're giving because God has called you to give. So when you see your brother, your sister in need, you give because this is something God has called us to be. So the only reason we can even give in the first place, because God gave us everything. He gave us everything. Not only did he give us salvation, but the job you have, the wisdom. You can say you passed all your exam. The wisdom that you have, God is the source of all our wisdom. The understanding of God's sacrifice should pursue us to be generous because he is a generous God. And this is where I'm going to end today. Thank you guys for listening. But before we go out, I just want us to say a short prayer. I want us to talk to God that about helping us to be generous because it's one thing to hear it, but it's also one thing to do. I feel like before I go, I just want us to like take a minute and just pray to God to help us to be generous people, to help us to give our lives and our money to him, to not limit where God can where God can take control in our lives. Let's just take a minute and pray. Father, Lord, we pray that your spirit enables us to be generous. Your spirit helps us to be the people that you have called us to be, to see your view on money, how to be with money, not let's, not letting money be our master or our God, or you being our driving force, us following what you want us to see when it comes to money. Help us to be generous. Help us to give whether we have, whether we do not have. Help us to give you our lives and everything that belongs to it, our money, our, our ambitions, our wills. Help us to give it to you. Help us to live a life of consecration and whatever that means, to live a life to you, God. In our individual lives, whatever we have to give up, expose it to us in Jesus' name. Let your spirit help us to be able to be generous. We thank you for um this teaching. Thank you for being here and thank you for your word and thank you that will be doers and not just hearers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. And that's it. I don't know if anyone has any question. And Vicky will round us up. Okay, Hi. yes. Okay. Thank you. First of all, thank you for tonight's um teaching. It thank was you. Very, it was very instructive. So thank you so much. Um, I have a question actually. Um, so when you started, you spoke about how money can be an idol, right? And if you're not careful. So I want to know. If you're someone that money affect having money affects your mood, does it mean money has become your idol? Like it significantly affects your mood. Um, so <laughs> I would ask why. Like, why does money affect your mood? So I I think that's I think that's a problem if money affects your mood. I think it's a problem because money should not be controlling your mood. Um, Galatians um five twenty two. Let me read it. The fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness. So this is the thing that should affect your mood in a sense. This this the spirit of God is what should influence you and not money. So I think that's a problem. I think that's an idol because it doesn't always have to be extreme for it to be something that 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 drives you because if money is affecting your mood whether you have okay so when you have you're really happy when you don't have you're sad i think that's a problem i think it's something that you can or whoever 
can take to God and tell God to help them check it because it should not be. Because what should influence us and affect us is the spirit of God. And we can see inferred from that from Galatians 5.22, which says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long. So this is something that we should always be with the influence of the spirit and not the abundance or the lack of money. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Simi, you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to ask about like what you said just now. Um, that so I, I understand the fact that yes, like the spirit of God should influence a lot, like, but then isn't that like um happiness versus sadness and not necessarily joy? Like, I mean, my understanding is no, I actually I actually mean joy, not just I mean if someone gives you money, of course you should be happy, or if money enters your account, you should be happy, right? Mm-hmm. But like when it gets to a point where if you don't have money, you're like very cranky. Okay. Uh yes, you are just okay. everybody should leave me alone. But then when you have money, life's good all of a sudden. I get you. Okay. I understand now. Yeah. Thank you. Hey there. So we've come to the end of this teaching session and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmg live 4 that's the number 4 or you can look in the description and you will find the link to the website there we hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith <music>